Today's episode is sponsored by the book, Wisdom Beyond What You Know. Her name is Kim Keen. She's a certified life coach, Reiki master, and an integrated energy therapy practitioner, IET. Kim helps overwhelmed moms to break free from their pasts so that they can reclaim their confidence, power, and inner peace. In this episode, we talk about generational trauma and the opportunity we have now to release deep energy that we may have been carrying around for generations. You can find her on her website, kimkeen.com. Are you ready to meet Kim? Let's go. Your ideal life is one right turn away, right here and right now with me, Arika Sullivan and New Light Living. See your life in a new light. In this show, I'm bringing real world tools to show you how to ignite the light within you and restore your balance to who you truly are. That busy, exhausted feeling isn't anyone's true purpose. Get back to the heart of your real self. Begin to live in your ideal dream day every day. Learn how to stop giving your energy away. Trust your intuition and chill out your ego and learn how to find your calm. The journey begins now. Come and step into the light. New light living with intuitive spiritual life coach Orika Sullivan starts right now. Welcome, welcome to New Light Living Podcast. Today I have an amazing guest with me and we are going to talk about generational trauma and how we can release that and become more of ourselves. And I have my fabulous guest here today, Kim Keen. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. I'm excited to talk about this particular topic because it's uh, a wave of opportunity right now to release some of the past patterns and energies that we've been carrying for so long and some of us are ready to kind of just let those go and this might sometimes happen you know um, through activity or subconsciously within ourselves so I'm excited Mm -hmm. to to talk with you about this this topic today but before we dive into that I would love to share with our audience here who are you and what do you do, Kim? Sure. So my name is Kim Keen. Um, my business life is that I'm a certified life coach. I'm a Reiki master and an IET practitioner as well as a podcaster. But outside of business life, I'm a mom to two daughters that are 12 and 9. We have um, three pets, two dogs and a cat. And then I've been married to my husband for almost 14 years. Great. Thank you for sharing that. And um, in terms of talking about generational trauma, um, some people may wonder, what is this from your perspective? Can you like give us a, the high note of how you see generational trauma, how that can show up in someone's life so that people know what we're talking about here? Yeah, so um, I didn't know what it was or really that it existed until I started doing my own healing journey. But for me, when I think of the definition of generational trauma, it's traumatic experiences that 
previous generations in your family have had. It can be parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. And then we learn things from those traumatic experiences. We internalize them and we take them with us in our journey of life. And then inadvertently, we share them with the fellow family members that come along. And we then take on those same patterns, those same messages and thoughts and beliefs. And so um, oftentimes I heard, and so this isn't my own research or statistic, but I, I heard that often generational trauma can take seven generations to break the cycle from. So it often goes so far back to where we don't even really know where it came from, but we just take it and we think it's ours, but it's really not ours to carry. Um, but we don't really know any better. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And that gives a lot of clarity of what we're what we're talking about here. And how do you feel that this topic of our relationship with the past or uh, past patterns that we either notice or don't notice, but how do you feel this topic is relevant to the times we're living in now? I think it's so relevant because often what happens is that we have these feelings of being exhausted, confused, stuck, lost, and we don't know why, we don't know how, we don't know what to do with it. And so we often um, get overtaken by it. And especially now with you know the world starting to open up again, we went from having a life that looked one way to losing that sense of reality for two years to then be like, okay, now life is going back to normal. And so, um, we often sometimes struggle in the regular day-to-day -day, and then where there's a lot of uncertainty coming at us, it makes the struggle that much more difficult because now we're trying to adjust to what our norm was and then it's uncomfortable. And so we want to retreat back to the way that it was, even though we don't really like that either. So then it creates even more confusion and more feelings of helplessness. And so I think that shows up not only in our relationship with ourself, but in our relationship with the people in our immediate household, our extended family, friendships, strangers, and society in general. And then it doesn't always work out so great for us. Mm, yeah. So what I hear you say is really also that this, this time of shift and change that we all have gone through has really allowed us to not only observe also what what patterns we may be uh, perpetuating but also mm -hmm. to actually live them out because we've been so much closer to to immediate family let's say physically for so long yeah. and, and maybe we haven't seen other parts of extended family as much as before so yeah that's that's a really important observation that you have that the, it's part of this whole shift we're, we're part of. So I want to share a little bit about you with our audience here. And I'm curious about your journey, specifically related to generational trauma. So give us a little, little highlights from your own journey, um, how you got to where you are now. Sure. So the long story short is that I left my teaching career um, after six years, and I felt like an epic failure because I thought that I was going to be a kindergarten teacher until I was 90, and they were going to have to force me to retire so that I didn't either die in front of the kids or break a hip <laughs> in the classroom. And so I left teaching to become a stay-at-home stay mom. 
And that was really a struggle for me because I had always said to myself, I'm not meant to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm a working mom and my girls will be in daycare and we'll just be home together in the summer. And that will just be the way that life is. And then um, leaving my teaching career, there was my whole identity was really wrapped up in being a teacher. So losing that identity was really a struggle. And so I started going to therapy because I wasn't thinking the most healthy thoughts about myself and life. And um, I thought that the therapist was going to say, yes, you're having an identity crisis. Here are three easy ways to fix it. And um, a year and a half into it, I felt worse than actually when I had started um, because a lot of things are being dredged up from the past that I wasn't even aware of or prepared for. So it started with her saying, do you know your codependent? I didn't because I didn't even know what codependency was. I had never heard that word. Then, you know, later into the therapy journey, it was, do you realize you're anxious and you need medication? I never considered myself an anxious person. And I wasn't able to even consider taking medication because that would even be more of a fail for me that I couldn't handle life without it. If someone needs it, I'm not opposed. I just couldn't do it for myself. And then the, the final straw was, she was like, do you realize that you are being affected by childhood emotional neglect? And I didn't even know what that was either. And so those three sort of, um, those three big pivotal pieces of information that I learned in therapy was a blessing, but also a complete disaster because I became obsessed with those three things. And I then every time something went wrong, it was because I'm codependent, I'm anxious, I have, you know, suffering from childhood emotional neglect. And I had a really hard time embracing those um, labels in a way that was helping me to move forward rather than staying in a victim mentality. Um, and so I stopped going to the therapist because it wasn't a good fit. It wasn't working. And a year and a half in, I, I felt worse. Um, and then I figured I had nothing left to lose. So I went to see a life coach and that was really where the magic happened. Um, and what really inspired me to get my life coaching certification was because in eight sessions, I had made more progress um, felt more empowered and had more of an understanding of the generational trauma that I had been affected by and what, and I was also in an abusive relationship in high school with, for five and a half years with my high school boyfriend. So add that into the mix too. Um, but I was able to really understand what propelled me to that relationship, why I was engaging in the patterns that I was engaging now as an adult, why my teaching career didn't work. And so that really was the biggest you know, eye-opening part of the journey for me was actually learning the root cause of the problems and not just trying to um, erase the label. Mm. Oh, such a powerful journey you've had. And, you know, the going from knowing uh, in a way what uh, the labels, as you say, but not knowing yeah. or getting the support that you needed to um, go past or or work back past that into your future and but then finding that how to mm -hmm. how to get that support I love that you have you know gone through you have you're a living example of uh, transformation in a uh, evolutionary way uh, yeah. not necessarily just kind of okay I'm this and and allowing yourself to to sit in that uh, label, if you will. Yeah. That's well, it wasn't, it wasn't serving me to sit in those labels right. because I wasn't being the parent that I wanted to be. I wasn't being the spouse that I wanted to be. And I really wasn't 
you know, there that's external. I wasn't being the person I wanted to be for the people that I love the most, mm -hmm. but I also wasn't being wanting, I wasn't being the person I wanted to be for myself either. Yeah. And so and I, I knew I had to I'm, change. Yes. And I love that, um, that opportunity you took in actually changing the course of knowing that this is not working, but also that, um, you know, your path has really been to release and that's what I'm hearing too, that you have been releasing these patterns or gaining a new perspective on what you went through. And I'm, I'm sure uh, people who are listening or watching this right now can, some of you can completely identify with Kim's journey. And uh, yeah, so it is, it is possible. And for you, Kim, what is the best thing that has come out of this journey of not only identifying um, your traumas, because we all have traumas, right? But mm -hmm. it became much clearer to you and then releasing it and becoming the beautiful coach that you are today. What is the best thing that has come out of this for you personally? Yeah, so um, I always tend to think outside of myself. So my first initial response is, oh, I'm, you know, a, I'm parenting my children differently than the way that I was parented. And that for me is huge. But the, the thing that I also need to recognize is that um, I actually get to be the person that I want to be for myself. So I am letting go of those patterns and I'm giving myself the freedom to explore spirituality in a way that feels good to me. I'm giving myself the opportunity to pursue opportunities that maybe, you know, the old me wouldn't have done because of fear of what other people thought, or, you know, was worried about disappointing someone and really just embracing that this is, this is my life. I get one shot. So I have to really make the most of it, regardless of what other people think. Um, because at the end of the day, I only have me to be accountable for. Mm. And isn't that like, what's the, what's the predominant feeling you have when you tell this story? Because I can feel this freedom <laughs> in your voice, yeah. right? Yeah. And it is, it's such a huge sense of freedom, but I also feel um, so comfortable in my own skin where for a very long time, I did not feel comfortable in my own skin. And I was in this constant state of trying to prove myself to others and trying to get them to see something in me that I couldn't see in myself. And now I don't do that as often as I used to do, because I realized that I'm everything I need to be. And I always have been, um, and really just being able to see that for, mm -hmm. for, you know, right in front of my eyes for what it is and being exactly okay with where I am in this moment. Um, and that is something that I never even would have thought as possible or even would have considered in the past, because that wasn't how I programmed myself to think or wasn't conditioned to think by others as well. Oh, so beautiful. Love it. Love it. So turning our, our focus to um, our world and, and people in general that are feeling what you felt back then, like there is, um, there is something more for me and mm -hmm. I want to go on this path of releasing my generational trauma, or at least identify what is it that I'm carrying with me and, and that many times may limit ourselves from being who we are. Why do you think that the interest for this type of, um, uh, I would say life excavation <laughs> is 
is getting more and more popular to actually identify patterns, habits, behaviors that we may have either inherited or subconsciously adopted and maintained. Uh, why do you think that's getting more and more, people getting more and more curious to, to identify for the, that for themselves? Yeah, I think it's, it's the tired of being tired. You know, mm -hmm. we get to a point in life where we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. I think people are getting to that point. And I think on some level, the pandemic was the perfect opportunity for that because it snapped us out of auto drive and autopilot that we were all living on. You know, I, before the pandemic was in the car constantly taking my kids to school, picking them up, taking them to after school activities. And I literally would drive probably 30,000 miles in one year. And then the pandemic hit and I wasn't even driving 5,000 miles in a year. Right. And that was really an opportunity for me to evaluate like, okay, do we really need to be running all over God's creation all the time? No, we don't. You know, it was definitely an eye-opening experience where we like, okay, we can say no to a lot more than what we do. And so I think that's been the same for other people. It's this uh, realization and recognizing that we've been doing things that society says we need to do to be seen as successful or accomplished or wealthy. And then when all that was stripped away, we had to really do a lot of soul searching and say to ourselves, okay, now I don't have those things and I feel empty and I don't like this feeling. So I have to figure out how to change this or why this feeling is, is present. Mm, yeah. So true. And, and if someone is listening and, and, uh, or watching this and feel that they want to learn more, what are some of the tools or practices that you have worked well for you that you want to share um, with our audience today? Yeah, so very early in my journey, when I was still working with the therapist, I was the like self-help book obsessed person. I was at the library all the time. So when the therapist said, oh, you're codependent, I was like, I don't know what that is, but library, here I come. Google, here I come. And that was helpful on some level because it was giving me the awareness that I didn't have. However, I had to recognize that those were on some level um, becoming a crutch because then I was, I had them with me all the time and I was quoting, well, Melody Beattie says that codependency. So that was not helpful. So if you're going to take the route of self-help books, use them to gain awareness, but don't become over-reliant on them. The other thing is too, they're not going to have all the answers. So they're going to give you tidbits, but there is not the accountability piece. So really getting in touch with a mental health professional, whether it's a therapist or a certified life coach that can give the accountability piece with the knowledge, but also the digging deeper into the recognition or the realization or recognizing the patterns that are being run and the root causes for those patterns, but also taking time. So I, when I started my healing journey, I really got into yoga and that was so helpful because it required me to slow down and really just be in my own space instead of focusing on, oh, what is that person doing on their mat? What is the teacher doing? I really had to tune in and tap into myself. And um, that was very eye-opening, but also um, really incredible because it allowed me to connect with myself in a way that I had never done before, really focusing on, oh, this is how my arm moves or, oh, this really is not comfortable on this right hip, you know, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to sit through that pain and not try to get out of it too quickly because there's a lesson here. Um, but the other thing too, that was really helpful is I started going for Reiki 
sessions with a Reiki healer. And that really helped to move some of that old stagnant energy out that had been lingering that I didn't even know was lingering. So. Oh, I love everything what you said, you said there. <laughs> uh, and, and just to summarize what, what we are hearing here is that there is a unique combo for everyone, what mm -hmm. works and to be open to allow not just one approach to take over, but actually listen to what you need. And that's what you did, right? You allow different things to come in. And for you, uh, it provided this opportunity to actually connect with yourself more so than ever before. And I, I love mm. that, whether it's yoga, whether it's meditation, books, you know, that time. And I, 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 uh, I fully agree with also the uh, energy healing can help move uh, the energy, not only in the body, but in, in our, um, you know, especially generational trauma that sits in our in energetic body as mm -hmm. well. So uh, yeah, I, I love everything you said there. Um, so if somebody is really like, oh, I love what Kim is just saying right now, and I want to learn more, what are some of the, uh, well, let's do the top three tips that you would recommend somebody where to start with all of this? Yes. So first and foremost is just allowing yourself time to figure out what brings you joy, what lights you up. Um, and be open to exploring other things. Um, because I think in the past, when we have generational trauma, we get stuck and bogged down in what other people think we should do or feel or think to connect with ourselves. So growing up, I always wanted to horseback ride. And my dad was adamant that it was dangerous because Christopher Reeves, you know, the man who played Superman was paralyzed. And so you can't horseback ride because it's dangerous. And so when I started on this journey, I thought, you know, I'm going to do horseback riding lessons. And my dad was not thrilled. And I thought, I don't really care because I'm in my thirties. And, you know, he gave me the whole lecture about how it's just as dangerous as driving on a motorcycle, yada, yada, yada. But I loved my time horseback riding. And so I really allowed myself to embrace that opportunity and not care what people thought of it. So I did it and I committed to it. And that was really what brought me joy. I still love horseback riding. Um, so just being open to exploring, it might be things that go back to childhood that you wanted to do when you were little and never had the opportunity to do um, and see if they still bring you that joy that they did when you were little. Um, the other thing is that um, journaling, that was huge for me. And I think it's really helpful because it allows us to get what's in our head onto a piece of paper so then we can read it we can reflect on it and it it allows us to take more of a heart-centered approach to what's going on in our mind rather than just staying stuck in that constant thought processes of overthinking and overanalyzing and you know the coulda woulda shouldas and all of that so really taking time to journal um I'm very old fashioned in that I love pens and paper. I think that's the school teacher in me, but some people prefer to just type it out on their notes on their phone. So whatever is good for you is, you know, the way that you should embrace journaling. And then the last piece is meditation. That was also huge because I didn't realize the science behind meditation. Um, you know, it actually helps to reprogram and rewire our brain but I've been meditating for almost five years now. And I know that because of the meditation, 
I've been able to um, just sit, have that stillness and connect with myself and just allow thoughts and opinions to come and release them. But also it's helped me with coping with stress. So I can tell now which of my friends meditate and which don't because my friends that don't meditate, I'm like, whoa, let's breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take some deep breaths. And, you know, often my clients and people that I know are like, I could never meditate because I could never turn my brain off. I don't have time to sit down. I don't have a half an hour to meditate. And it really doesn't have to be a half an hour of sitting in silence to count as meditation. I mean, it can just be setting the timer on your phone for two minutes and just focus on breathing for two minutes. And if thoughts come, that's fine. Cause our brain is meant to think our brain is not meant to be thoughtless. So it's just about acknowledging the thought and letting it go instead of holding on to the thought or even being judgmental about the thought being there. Mm, such beautiful tips. And you know, it all, uh, again, comes back to this combination of things that helped you become more of yourself. And I love every single tip that you gave too. that uh, is the entry point for any of these may feel for somebody who's listening, who's not doing any of it, or mm-hmm. have uh, gotten, uh, you know, into it. But it, it is... Also with a coach, you can help, we can help you yes. uh, uh, introduce these new, because what it is, it, it really is to release one pattern in your life and, and adopt a new one that actually mm-hmm. helps you become more of yourself. And now I'm speaking to, to our audience here. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so beautiful, beautiful tips. Thank you for sharing all of that. Now, before we wrap up this episode with you, Kim, I would love to share you with our audience and how can we connect with you and and, uh, interact with you, Kim? Sure. So I'm on all the social media platforms. So I'm on Facebook. Um, I have a personal page, which anyone's willing, you know, I'm happy to connect on my personal Facebook page, my business page. And then I'm also on Instagram and I've just started dipping my toe into TikTok. So if you want to come see (laughs) the new, the new things that I'm trying on TikTok, um, I'm there too. Beautiful. So everyone go check out Kim's work. It's beautiful. She's a powerful, beautiful coach who've gone through it. She's done it. She's been there, done that. And if you feel that you have Um, specific interest in generational trauma and want to identify and release that Kim is the person to go to. So before we uh, wrap up here too, I would love to ask you a question that is somewhat personal, but also taps into your wisdom. And that is, what do you live by, Kim? Yes. So um, I live by meeting my own emotional needs. And that has been the biggest game changer, but also that was the biggest awareness piece for me when I started working with a life coach, because I, again, didn't know what emotional needs were. And these are the emotional needs created by Tony Robbins. Um, it's, there are six of them. It's certainty, uncertainty, love and connection are considered one. And then there's significance. Those are the primary ones. The two fulfillment ones are growth and contribution. And so, um, when I, prior to starting this journey, I was really focused on that external validation and getting those needs met externally. And that really wasn't working for me because 
nothing external is guaranteed. And so now I really strive to meet those needs for myself internally. And if I get them met externally, that's just an added bonus. Um, but that's also one of the most important things that I try to instill in my children is to, and my husband too, is to, um, and my clients, is to really focus on trying to meet our own emotional needs um, because that's really what's within our control. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Kim. Mm-hmm. And thank you everyone for listening to New Light Living Podcast this week. I will be back soon with another episode. Take care, everyone. And thank you for being here. Bye. Thank you, Kim. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Get a copy of my book, Wisdom Beyond What You Know, is available through Amazon along with other fine retailers and bookstores globally. Or visit wisdombeyondbook.com. Thank you for listening to New Light Living with me, Arika Sullivan. When you see your life in a new light, your world looks different. Worry, fear, and the everyday go, go, go are no match for you in this bright new light. Join me next time as I lay out the practices and tools for you to liberate your amazing self into living your ideal dream day. You can start now to take the guesswork out of getting to know yourself again and expand into your essence to feel present, alive, inspired, and connected. Keep listening, keep learning. Imagine no more wishing for your dream life. You get to start living it today. For more information, please visit newlightliving.com.